It's that time again. America's favorite fan-centric podcast is about to leave the station. From memory lane to Awesome Avenue, be it sports, social, or otherwise, we'll explore it all together while trying to keep it on the road one trip at a time. So sit your ass down, keep your hands in the vehicle, and buckle up, bitches, because you just got on the Fan Bus. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fan Bus. It's your girl, Ange, here. As promised, the bus is going to be leaving the station shortly. My promise to you, we're going to have a great show today. So, typically... On the show, we like to talk about sports and entertainment, and it's been mostly sports. And so now we're going to get geared up for a little bit of entertainment. (laughs) I'm excited, thrilled, and ecstatic to have my friend Andy here on this show on this next episode of The Fan Boss. Andy, how are you? I am fantastic. You know, I have to be honest with you because drinking is a sport here in Wisconsin, so... (laughs) kind of is i mean really we're we're kind of killing two birds here so this is good okay fair enough fair enough we can (laughs) we can we can totally adopt that i'll adopt that as being gospel in the state Mm -hmm. of wisconsin i like it (laughs) so you are a andy's not just like my friend like we're friends right andy Mm -hmm. um he is a scotch whiskey sommelier and a bourbon executive steward Mm -hmm. what does that mean and actually you have your own term for yourself i would love to let's dive into this okay all right so what does this mean this this means that i've had to go through years and years of exhausting research to uh (laughs) taste oh no not that <laughs> and and to learn and now, honestly it was it, it was a pleasure to do this um i started l- drinking bourbon or, and whiskey scotch whiskey gosh probably 25 years ago and awesome and it, you know of course your audience doesn't know this but i i come from the commercial construction and and architectural industry i remember i was 24 Four, 25 years old, and I just got elected to the largest architectural association in the state of Wisconsin. I got elected president. And wow, at, at the uh, the dinner where I was um, um, instilled in this position, a bunch of people came up, came up to me afterwards and said, we'd like to buy you a drink. Uh, what, would you, what would you have? And I didn't want to be that typical Wisconsin boy and having a, you know, a Miller Lite. And I wanted to seem <laughs> I was a little bit higher brow than that. So I scanned the back of the bar and I found this bottle of Dewar's white label scotch. I said, I'll have a Dewar's in water. Nice. Thinking that it would make me look more impressive to people. Right. And it turned out I actually loved it. Wow. Absolutely loved it. And that started my whole whiskey journey. And then fast forward several years uh, past that, uh, we buy a house. The neighbor, next door neighbor is a friend of ours already. Turns out he's a Scotch whiskey lover. And uh-huh. we, we had to have this. Um, we actually created a path between our, our properties called the Whiskey Trail. And we would we would actually share bottles of whiskey with each other. And one summer uh, evening, we were doing a whiskey tasting event for about 25 people. It was a donation that we did for our local church. And we just did it for fun. Um, but yeah. after this event, 
we had so many people contacting us afterwards saying, you guys have got to do this like professionally because you know so much about it. You're passionate about it. Well, that was 2010. So you're just like self-taught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're just like self-taught for the love of at this point. Like just- At this point, yes. At this point, I just loved it. I yeah. love okay. love the research part of it. Um, you know, being in in the construction business, um, I, I do an awful lot of work with um, specialty coatings and and uh, chemistry of building materials, and I just love the research part of things. And so, when I dove into whiskey, I mean, I dove in head deep and or head first, and 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 I just couldn't stop with this. So by two thousand and thirteen. Uh, my friend Frank and I and our our spouses we we traveled to Scotland to get our final uh, our final testing for our certificates of uh, a Scotch whiskey sommelier, and that started the 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 whole love of doing the the whiskey tasting events, doing the educational events. We had so many people reach out and say, "Okay, that's great with Scotch. What about bourbon?" So we went out and got certifications in that as well because. You know, there's there's a big push in the in, in the, the our country for bourbon. Uh, our love is still my love is still Scotch whiskey, but uh, I can certainly talk about just about awesome. any distilled spirit that is aged in an oak cask. That's amazing! <laughs> so cool. Did so so the te- there's a test, a certification. There's a test. Is it is it difficult? Tell me, what is this like? Well, the the final testing. <laughs> There was an awful lot of research uh, and and studying to be done online uh, through a correspondence course. And you have to remember, too, this is 10 okay. years ago. 10 years ago, yeah. all we had was a correspondence course with a couple of schools in Scotland. And okay. I want to say it was about 35 or 40 different sections that we had to not only go through the process of the education, but then take us a, a mini test at the end to make, to just open up the next section. You had to pass that in order mm-hmm. to open up the next section. And then at the end of this, we took a trip over to Scotland and did a full day of sort of a refresher of what we learned in the correspondence. Now this included a whole, I want to say about a two hour sec- section where we were actually blending our own Scotch whiskeys and wow. trying to make our own blends. And then we had to describe to everybody the the palate the nose the finish and one of the the parts of the exam so, was we had to take uh, the the instructor gave us 25 pieces of cotton with specific aromas on them and we had ooh. to smell it and then describe what we're smelling and out of awesome. everybody in that class i think there were 20 of us 22 of us in that class uh, i scored the highest i got 24 out of 25 that's amazing. You're proud of yourself, right? You should be. I, I love it. I, I love I'm I'm proud because it's a hobby and because yeah. it's something that I absolutely love to do. And I'm I'm really thankful that I've got a good enough palette that I can then share this information on to others. That's cool. I for me, it's the same thing. Like I'll never so this is kind of why we're doing this because it's like um this is going this is like a one-on-one for people. It's also some of the things that you taught me over the years kind of confirmed I'm going to say like, oh, how do you do it? Like, what's the right way? What's the wrong way? And all this stuff, which will will unveil that at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because getting to know you and the things that you were teaching me on accident just by, you know, 
how we were coming across each other mm-hmm. here and there and like the actual tastings that we did mm-hmm. um, and the way that we did them. And I will never forget the first time I ever had scotch. Mm. So, and I described this to you once, but I'm going to describe it for the kids here <laughs> that I had it, you know, in a glass. I think I may have had a sliver. I did have a sliver of ice in there, one rock, whatever. So I tried it and I was like, well, I like whiskey. I was, I was a whiskey gal. I always liked whiskey. So I tried scotch. And for me, <clears throat> this is how I describe it. It was, a, it was an experience. <laughs> so I put it to my my nose and I smelled it because I have to smell everything that I eat and drink. It's just how mm-hmm. I am. It's mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything. I just, this is me like, oh, I'm just gonna have scotch. I like took a sniff of it to see what it was like. I took a drink of it in my mouth and let it be in there and sort of tasted it, right? And then I swallowed it and there was like a sensation, like a little bit of a burn, right? And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden my nasal passages like open and I was smelling all kinds of and tasting all kinds of other things. So I was for floored. I was totally floored. Yeah. And at that point I was like, this is an experience. Like it's not just like a tasty thing. Like it's a whole full body experience. <laughs> so it really I was is. like, I think I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so this is the difficulty of, getting somebody to try scotch whiskey for the first time versus let's say a bourbon or an Irish or whatever they're used to drinking. Um, and I had this described to me once before that, and, and we can talk about this too, the differences between all of them, but you know, bourbon, Absolutely. And, I- yeah, Absolutely. bourbon and Irish whiskey to me have a flavor profile that if you were to hold your hands about 10 inches apart from one another, it's a pretty wide range of flavor profile from left to right. Scotch would be, times five because there, yeah. there's so much more you can do uh, with a malted barley grain and even that's getting a little bit further along the conversation but still there's a lot more mm-hmm. you can do with scotch whiskey than you can with with bourbon just from the nature of the grains that you're using okay so, got it noted yeah so <laughs> this is a 101 so um what I should do is yeah, like what go- are the differences? Do you want to talk about like the differences, or do you want to talk about like the different terminologies of like or the differences? Should we talk about the difference between whiskey, yeah. scotch, and bourbon? So let me do that because that may open Lay up a discussion about um, terminology, right? So, sure. All bourbon is whiskey. Not all whiskey is bourbon. All right. Perfect. So, okay. I've had a lot of people say, well. um, I don't drink whiskey. I only drink bourbon. Well, you're drinking whiskey, whether you want to admit it or not. All right. It doesn't matter what the, if it's it has on an you. E. Yes. It doesn't matter if he has an E in the word or not. It's all the same stuff. All right. Okay. Whiskey. And uh, this will actually harken back to the early conversation about what I call myself. Whiskey back in the day, okay. we're, we're yeah. talking seventh century, uh, used to be called um, aqua vitae, the water of life. Okay, that's aqua vitae that. is Latin for the water of life. I know. I want that tattooed somewhere on my body. Uh, so, oh my gosh, maybe I do too. That's yeah. fabulous. Just so the just so the medical personnel know what to put in me if I ever if they ever find me <laughs> in that situation. He's coding. What should we do? Just like point to your arm. I don't need oxygen. I I, I need aqua vitae. Right. Um, so what happened was. Um, the Irish were the first to actually start to distill whiskey 
for the sake of actually imbibing in the whiskey. It, it came over wow. uh, to Ireland uh, through the um, uh, the trade uh, routes. Uh, it actually started in the um, um, the Muslim um, communities in Europe and in Asia. Okay. Uh, and they started making whiskey, but they didn't know it was called whiskey. At the time, they were just making tinctures. They were making medicines. So they brought okay. the, tech, the, the technology of making to Ireland. The Irish said, this is great. We can take beer and just distill it and make this new elixir called whiskey. The Irish then brought awesome. to Scotland. Scotland perfected it. And then it came from Scotland to the United States. And with the Scots-Irish moving uh, to uh, the Appalachia area um, in the 1600s, we got bourbon, actually rye whiskey and bourbon whiskey being made because they didn't have malted barley to work with, so they had other grains. So the fact of the matter is whiskey is any distilled neutral or other grain spirit that is then aged in an oak cask Perfect. Uh, preferably an oak cask okay. now you talk about the differences between bourbon and irish and scotch and taiwanese and so forth they all have their own little nuances but the biggest thing is scotch whiskey what most people know about what's called single malt scotch whiskey is that it's a 100 malted barley is the grain um, okay bourbon made here in the u.s and bourbon can only be made in the united states just like scotch can okay. only be made in scotland bourbon has to be a minimum of 51 percent corn in the mash bill and the rest can be rye wheat barley or other types of grain okay and it matters not what what kind or what percentage as long as as long as it's 51 percent grain 51 percent corn it can be Okay. It, it classifies as a bourbon whiskey. Now, there are other attributes that it has to have as well as far as the proof of it going into cask, the proof proof at bottling, um, so forth. But for the most part, I think for most people to understand, bourbon is predominantly a corn grain whiskey with other grains in it. And so if you've had a very distinctive bourbon before, it's usually very sweet, sweeter than lips. You know, it's it's hot. Sure. The alcohol is hot. And that's just because yeah. the alcohol created from corn ethanol is a little bit hotter than from other grains. But okay. once the alcohol evaporates, it's a really sweet, sweet palate. Sure. I love Rye bourbon. With, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it goes so well with so many things. Uh, yeah, Rye whiskey absolutely. is is really the same as bourbon, except that it's 51% rye grain, and the balance can be other grains. Okay. Irish whiskey and Scotch whiskey are fairly similar. Uh, there's a couple of differences. Um, Scotch whiskey is typically distilled twice. Irish whiskey is distilled three times. Um, and then there are some more nuances beyond that with the grains and how they're treated and so forth. But the biggest thing I can say is when most people try Scotch whiskey for the first time, you need to make sure you choose the right Scotch whiskey to try for the very first time because you'll either love it or hate it. 
if you're a bourbon drinker and you really appreciate that sweet, um, that sweeter bourbon, that caramel, uh, the butterscotch, you know, that flavor profile, the vanillas, the cinnamon that you get from, from bourbon. If you were to try the sure. wrong scotch whiskey, and what I mean by wrong is it's maybe a heavily peated whiskey, which means it's very smoky, very earthy, almost tastes like right. Band-Aids, um, then you'll probably never drink scotch right. again. I love that, actually. Too. <laughs> love it. I do, too. I really, it's, I, it's, to me, it's just, it's so crazy. It's so interesting. Like, if I have a pretty good sniffer, so mm-hmm. I think that helps me, obviously, along. But when I try these different things, I'm always like, what am I tasting? What am I smelling? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you had taught me was, like, if you're going to try something, you know, try it um neat right first mm-hmm. to see what that's like and if you're gonna add a sliver of a little piece of ice or something like that it can drastically change right. what you're tasting and exactly. it's really a lot of fun where i'll be like okay you know what am i picking up here it's kind of oaky it's kind of smoky but then all of a sudden i'll be like well i am i tasting pepper like is mm-hmm. this am i tasting pepper like what am i tasting right. and then you were like yeah absolutely you're tasting pepper and i'm like that's awesome it's so <laughs> fun well, it's and there's fun. a couple rules that I use when I'm tasting whiskey or I'm talking to somebody about whiskey. Uh, rule number one okay, is drink it, hear this. drink it any way you like it. All right. The, the right. woman who has given that, us our final example. That was what exam, I was going to get to. Yeah. You yep. can't screw it up, right? You can't Just screw it up. Just enjoy it the I way mean, you want to. It, it, so the woman who has given us our final exam in Scotland, she was from Poland. And she mm-hmm. said, growing up in Poland – they would drink their scotch whiskey with lemonade. Oh my gosh, wild. Now, I, I never thought about that, but then I, the more I start to learn, I learned about how the Japanese drink it with green tea, um, how other okay. countries will drink it with either club soda or other types of soda. Um, the fact is that the producers, the distillers, they don't care how you drink it, just drink it, right? They, they just want to sell the product. <laughs> The the real whiskey snobs, yeah. the ones who tend to annoy me at, when at some of these bigger events, say, "Oh, you'll only have it neat. If you yeah. if you don't have it neat, you're going to ruin it." Well, ruin it for who? Right. Because right. I can I can right. tell you that there are experts in this industry who will always tell you to drink a whiskey neat, and they say, "Don't add water in it because that's not the way the the distiller wanted you to taste it." And I will tell them that when you <laughs> add water and, you know, you add one drop of water into a glass of whiskey, well, that's more than a drop, what happens is it actually <laughs> warms up the, the alcohol by about one to two degrees. It creates what's called an exothermic reaction. It separates out the water-soluble and the oil-soluble oils, and you get wow. more aroma coming off the glass. Fabulous. And so if you don't add water to whiskey, you'll never experience that. Now, that said, if you found that you've gone through the progression, what we call the altered states of whiskey, that those altered states would be neat, a drop of water, a few drops of water, even more water, and then ice, and then something else, a mixer. Those are essentially the, the, the five altered states of whiskey. If you've gone through all those states and then you go back to the one that you love and stick with it. But, you know, you have to try. Right. Like, how can you screw it up? Yeah. You you really can't. I think that's awesome. 
Because I think so many people are afraid or like they go to an establishment and they want to try stuff or, you know, that they can't get at home or Mm -hmm. they don't want to buy a full bottle of something. And that's why, like, doing this show, I I hope that it gives, I hope it it empowers people Mm -hmm. (laughs) to try things, even though you're in public and maybe you don't know what the hell you're doing, but... It really doesn't matter. Like, and if you order something and it's good and you want to give it a sliver or a little droplet right. or whatever, and then you want to mix it, then right. do it. Like, who then cares what people think? Honestly, it's, I tell it's people this all the time. It. It's your money. It's your whiskey. Do what you want to do with it. Now, the second rule is about whiskey. First is, you know, drink it the way you like it. The second one is, whenever you're trying new whiskeys, try to do mm-hmm. it with friends. Okay, try to do it with other awesome. people who are also whiskey lovers because, or even whiskey novices, but at least it's other people where you can share some terms with. Um, cool. You, you can describe a whiskey the same way you can describe a wine, and there are thousands of words that you can use, uh, ranging from, you know, the typical, like, oh, it's this has got a very oaky note to it, or it's a this has got a kind of a sweet note to this is t- this tastes like menthol this tastes like camphor this tastes like linseed oil um this tastes like you know sure. motor oil there's there's really good and really bad descriptors <laughs> of whiskey the fact of the matter is though if you're working with a group of people and you're all tasting at the same time you're all going to have a little bit of different profile and when you hear somebody say something like i get some lemon out of that or some citrus you kind of Think about right. it. Oh, yeah, I guess I did get that. I just didn't know what word to Look put to for it. it. Right. Yeah, and so absolutely. it's always fun to do it with friends, which is why I started doing the tasting events, because essentially we're just drinking whiskey with friends at this point. And we're all trading That's ideas awesome. and stories and, and um, you know, learning something new. But it's, it's, it's just so much fun to learn about this. And I don't, I'll never be an expert. I, I don't think I'll ever have all the knowledge, I don't know anybody that does besides maybe, you know, some of the um, the well-known people in Scotland, but uh, I think it's always a learning <laughs> experience, and, and that's what I love about it. I like that you're excited about teaching people. Like, that mm-hmm. I think is super cool because um, you have such a positive approach to it, and I, I feel like you're very inviting right mm. like you allow people to ask their questions and like there's no stupid question and there is probably no you know question. how you're telling people to drink it how you want to and not yeah. to be afraid to try new things and that's super cool i'm really excited i w- definitely want to do a private event with you <laughs> um I, I i do i totally do and i think i'm probably actually whoever's listening to this if you want a spot like you should probably contact me i might give out a spot but the rest Ooh. of it's going to my friends i have so many people who are eager really eager oh, this is like, great excellent yeah it's gonna be awesome well i i can't <laughs> tell you how many of these events i've done over the years and every one of them i think back and there was always you know one or two like special attendees and what i mean by that is the ones who like saw the light at, at, you know, I I got 20 people in a room and most of them are whiskey drinkers or most of them, you know, drink bourbon. And then they all all of a sudden they, they, I pour a scotch they've never had before and their eyes just open up wide and you can just see this. (laughs) You can see like, they now have learned something. And I, I, exactly. You you hear the singing. (laughs) Yeah. I, I had this, this past summer in an event and, um, it was actually, it was a cool event. It was a whiskey around the world tour. So we did five whiskeys. We started in 
again, the way I said, Ireland and Scotland and the U.S., then we went overseas to Taiwan and India, where they're now producing some fabulous whiskeys. So we tasted wow. all these whiskeys, and afterwards, I would go around and talk to people there and say, well, what do you normally drink? I, I normally drink white wine. I normally drink White Claw. I normally drink IPA beer. So I was talking to a, a yeah. husband and wife, a couple, who both drank IPAs. And I said, so which okay. was your favorite whiskey? And they both described their favorite whiskey, but they were two vastly different whiskeys. And I said, okay. and I, so I, I thought about it for a second. And I said to him, I suppose you like the old style IPAs. And to his wife, I bet you like the new, like Citra hop, real citrusy, grapefruity IPAs. And she said, yeah, exactly. Okay. And, well, that's <laughs> why you liked the whiskeys you did. She liked a whiskey that was a port wine finish. It was a sweeter. It had had more. Um, it did have more citrus flavors in it. He preferred sure. an old fashioned style bourbon cask Scotch whiskey, which was more oaky nice. and more like the IPAs that he normally mm -hmm. consumed. And so, in these events, what I like to do is find out what people really do like to drink normally, and if they wanted to to step into a whiskey, here's a place to start. And then here's what it's going to say on the so label. Awesome. So if you're in a restaurant that doesn't have this exact brand, then you'll kind of know okay. what words to look for, you know, that's in something so cool. else. Yeah. So that's really vital because if you're talking about the idea of somebody trying something for the first time, and like you said, it could make it or break it. Exactly. That's super cool that you're there to guide mm -hmm. them to something that might you know, not turn them off forever. <laughs> mm -hmm. So exactly right. You're, and, kind and, of, you're kind of doing God's work in a way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I I'm humbled. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's tough work, but somebody has to do it. It's uh, you know, I, do, I don't get paid from the Scotch whiskey industry or the bourbon industry. I do this. Right. I do this because I really enjoy interacting with people and I love I love that face that people give when they like taste something that completely blows them away. Now, yeah, the whiskey events I, I do charge for, but it's, but it's not like I'm a shill for anybody. I'm not a distributor. Uh, I don't right. work for any particular brand. Um, I will pour anything and everything that I can get my hands onto because that's the other thing too. You walk into a, a liquor store and you'll see a shelf with uh, you know, 200 different bottles. Well, where do you start? If you don't know what to look for right now, this is why I think it, here in the U S especially bourbon has gotten to be so popular because you have younger generations now getting into drinking, uh, uh, whiskey, uh, more of the hard liquors instead of beer mm -hmm. or wine and bourbon is more approachable. Yeah. Uh, bourbon is going to be very okay. typical from one to another. If you, if you get a bourbon, you don't necessarily love, you probably still like it. It's, it's, very similar sure. from one to the next. I know the bourbon people are going to kill me for this, but it really is true. And the reason for that is there's so much <laughs> yeah. uniformity between all the different distillers and their mash bills and who makes this and that. Uh, with Scotch whiskey, there's mm -hmm. so much more. It's kind of like the idea of going into a liquor store and looking at a rack full of French wine. If you don't understand French wine, right. all the labels look the same, but you have to read right. the words. And, and if you don't read French... You're out of luck. You're screwed. <laughs> and it's one of those things, too, where it's like you can't even go. To, I, I mean, I suppose if you go to a liquor store, one of the ones that's nearby to me has 
uh, the owner is really knowledgeable as far as wines are concerned and also his spirits. And, uh, but it's one of those things where if you go somewhere and you'll say, oh, what should I get? Like, what's a good one? Well, what, what does that mean? And if they're picking out something that they like, the, the whole thing is pointless. So to your point of taking note of the flavor profiles and the sorts of things that you like, that goes a really long way. And I don't even think people think about that, you know, or they're like looking at the price point. Like, is this good? Like they're looking at, this is expensive. It must be good. <laughs> Does it mean and this is where, this is why people sort of gravitate to bourbon because, well, it's a bourbon. I guess it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty much the same thing. If they don't have, you know, Buffalo trace, I guess they'll take whatever they have. Um, you know, yeah. The, the fact is, is that there's, there's a lot out there. Um, but it's very expensive to try everything by buying bottles. Um, I've actually worked with several restaurants now over the years where I've helped them create a tasting menu for their offering that they have behind the bar. So what I'll do is I'll take a look at what they have. I'll, I'll create flights, um, based upon their offerings so that then they can, teach their clientele a little bit. They don't need to know much, just need to know why I chose the ones I did. And I write that out for them. And now you're getting your clients to want to try new things. You know, once, once you try a whiskey you've never had before and you fall in love with it, you're going to want to try more. (laughs) You're going to want to dig deep, you know, at any given time, (laughs) anywhere in the world, there's anywhere between, 3,500 and 4,500 different expressions of Scotch whiskey available for sale. 3,500 to 4,500. Yeah. You know, that's one of our mottos. Um, That's a wild. Yeah. Yep. It's, you know, life's too short to drink drink cheap whiskey. (laughs) That's right. Too many whiskeys, so little time. With whiskey. You're, it's so funny that you said falling in love with whiskey because, like, that's how I like. Oh, I'm in love with it. It's so good. Or Scotch, yes. I'm in love with it. It's so good. Or certain wines. So mm-hmm. I have one of my questions: Is how yes. long for you? How long have you been in love with your wife? How long have you been in love with whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I've been in love so- with my wife longer, <laughs> so I won't have to have that conversation. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. We met in high school. And she she loves all of this too, right? Like she's super on board with all of. She is what super doing, on board. She's, obviously, she, she is a wine drinker, um, and actually very knowledgeable on wines. But uh, she also traveled to Scotland with us um, to do the testing and so forth. But um, she she will try. She's a, she's got a really good palate, so she loves to nose a glass and loves to talk about yeah. the smells. She's not particularly fond of that, you know, Kentucky hug, as they call it, as it's going down the throat, uh, that burn. Oh, but, I um, love that. All the yeah, way down. Yeah. Like, all the way down the esophagus. Yes, it's so that's, warm. It's like getting yeah. a weird, it's like getting an internal hug. Yeah, exactly. That's why <laughs> they call it. it the Kentucky hug. Well, but it's, yeah, it's an experience. It it's is. so wild. It is. Love it. But I, 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 I fell in love with Scotch whiskey, and I would say truly fell in love with it in 2013 um and it was an experience mm-hmm. i mean i i always I liked it and i always appreciated it i was on a trip to scotland and we we took a tour where we hiked about a mile into the prairie um near uh, the glenlivet estate up in Speyside, and we ha- we happened upon this old building built in the 1700s 
that was uh, it's called Scalin. It's the last bastion of of the Catholics in Speyside area in the Highlands uh, before uh, during the Reformation as they're driving all the Catholics out. And this is where like the last place that they okay. that they sort of uh, bunkered yeah. in. And uh, so our tour guide took us there. And while we were in there, he pulled out a bottle of scotch from his backpack and he says, "You know, folks, it's time for a for a wee dram." Let's celebrate this with a wee dram. <laughs> so he pulls out this bottle of Mortlock, which is a brand of whiskey at the time I've never heard of. I didn't know much about, you know, brands at the time. I was just learning about the craft. Sure. He pulled out a bottle of Mortlock, sure. poured us a wee dram, and I think I either wet myself or I I was close to it. I mean, it was the best <laughs> thing I've ever had in my life. Now, you can oh, say the awesome. the venue didn't hurt either. Uh, uh, you know, oh my gosh, right. the the area and so forth. But it's you know that was an experience. You're already starry eyed. Yes, that was almost a religious totally. experience. And from that, I've strived to meet that flavor once again in my life. You know how how do you wow. how do you get that flavor again? That was the best thing I ever had. And I've gotten bottles of that particular one that he poured for us. It was a limited edition. Mm -hmm. And yes, I love it. But I found over the years then my flavor profile just exploded into loving all types of whiskey. And that one is still, you know, close to me. But, um, you know, I I can't really say I have a favorite these days. I, I love them all. Yeah, I kind of feel that way, too. I mean, obviously, I'm not as nearly you know, as learned as you are, <laughs> but I can say that I feel that way too. Like I, there's certain things where like, Oh, today I feel like drinking this and Oh, today, mm-hmm. you know, like I have different scotches. I have different bourbons right. and I, you know, I, or sometimes I might be like, Hey, it's, it's a martini day. Like I, oh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I want some extra dirty martini. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, I, there's and, and yeah. it's interesting yeah. how, Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, so it's interesting to me how I think about when I first started, we'll say, drinking spirits. Mm -hmm. I once did interior design work for uh, someone who worked for a distributorship, and he was from Kentucky. And Mm -hmm. I jokingly said something about booze, and he just about (laughs) his head whipped around, and he was like, (laughs) Angela, it's spirits. We say spirits say around here. And I'm like, oh, corrected. Right. I stand corrected. Mm, yeah, right. I'll never make that mistake twice mm. in mixed companies. <laughs> but it's interesting how I started out with, like, you know, Zinfandel and all this fruity, mm. weird stuff. And, and, the, and it slowly progressed farther and farther down the spectrum to the point where, like, I, I there's some stuff I can't even drink anymore. So sure. I have appreciation for different things. But it's definitely changed over the years, and that's yeah. all part of it, I think. You, you don't even oh, know that exists until you have it, and once you do, holy moly, it's right. amazing. Well, after you have a certain thing for a period of time, your palate sort of gets used to it. The taste buds don't get as excited mm-hmm. for it anymore, so you almost have to step up your game. And this is what happens with all things. You know, I think with, with wine, your perfect example – most people who have never had wine before, when they start drinking wine for the first time, they're probably starting with a sweeter white wine, you know, and sure. then, then they go to a sweeter red, maybe a medium red, maybe a, then they go to a drier white, and eventually everyone's drinking cab because it's the driest, darkest thing you can find, the stuff that stains your teeth, right? Uh, the same thing yeah, with yeah. whiskey. Most people will start with something that's very approachable. And this is why a lot of people start with bourbon or 
an Irish whiskey because it's just more mm-hmm. approachable. It's it's and it, so a couple of things. Uh, we talked about adding water. When you add ice to whiskey, what ice does is it oh, yeah, cools the spirit down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, so adding ice to whiskey it okay. cools the spirit down. It actually closes up the flavor profile. The warmer the whiskey, okay, when it's room temperature, when it's in your hand in a glass. You'll get maximum flavor and aroma. Add and adding a couple drops of water even magnifies that. But if you add ice to a okay. whiskey, it cools it down. It actually shuts down that flavor profile, shuts down a little bit okay. of that burn. This is why a lot of people drink bourbon over an ice cube because yep. you need to in order to shut it down because it's way too hot. All right. Yeah. Um, now, again, the audience can't see it. You can. This is a what's called the official bourbon tasting glass. It actually has a wider mouth. So you mm-hmm. can fit a cube of ice in it. The official scotch glass has a much narrower mouth to it. You can't fit ice in it. And it's designed that way right. for a reason. Uh, but with bourbon, people almost always will drink it. Now, as you get better bourbons, you will <laughs> probably drink it. I don't it. think so. No, no. I don't think so. Not in this one. <laughs> right. As you drink There'll better be no bourbons. Ice in here. <laughs> yep. You'll probably drink it without ice or you may drink it with ice. But the fact of the matter is, you know, sometimes you do that. And and what happens is, like the first scotch whiskey I ever had, I had it with ice and water. And then eventually mm-hmm. I just started drinking it neat by itself, you know, room temperature. Okay. But I still yep. will have, uh, there's certain whiskeys that I absolutely love as a highball. You know, there's a, okay. a Glen Livet makes one called the Nadora which is wonderful over ice, club soda, and a slice of lemon. It's just fantastic. Wow. It's like a perfect summer cocktail. Um, nice. Yeah. And so you have Did to. Did you write that down, boys and girls? Right. <laughs> you have to open yourself <laughs> up to those ideas. Write these recipes down. Oh, yeah. It's okay. a, it's a, that's a keeper yeah. right there, I'll tell you. Um, but, you know, find what you like. Again, find what you like and, and go for it. That's awesome. I might get it. I might ask you to send me a couple little recipes here that sure. I can post, like Andy's recommendations for something fun and cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so, so neat on the rocks. How do you feel about? Well, I mean, I know how you feel. You just said drink it how you like it, do what you want. But mm-hmm. um, you know those you know, those fun little people make those big giant ice balls and that big mm-hmm. ice cubes, and then there's right. like the the whiskey. Uh, metal cubes and the stone whiskey stones yeah and, mm-hmm. yeah i mean like it's a fun kind of a thing necessary unnecessary but it's all uh, kind of part of the fun right i mean just do it yeah it's part of the fun it's part of again learning what you like um i can tell you that you know in a giant ice cube the, the, the beauty of a one giant ice cube is it doesn't melt very fast so as it melts, it obviously yeah. starts to water down the spirit. But watering down the spirit, as we talked about before, is actually a good thing in some situations. But it certainly does cool mm-hmm. down the spirit. Okay, so it it shuts sure. off that 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 heat of the spirit, so it makes it a little bit easier to drink. The whiskey stones, the ones made from granite or soapstone or stainless steel, these will cool down the spirit right? Kind of shutting that down, but it won't add water. So what happens is as it warms up back again, it starts to open up that profile. And some people like that because it allows them to approach the spirit on their own terms, so to speak. 
Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. So we talked about that. Then, like, we were talking about, like, palette, nose, finish. So Mm -hmm. do you want to walk through some of those terms or some of the terms that you think are just interesting to know? Again, this is just a one-on-one, but, you know, like, it's maybe the more you know. You know, I wish I had that little rainbow graphic. The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) Ba-ba-ba. I think that anytime you try a whiskey for the first time, you should go through the same process. Um, And again, it's we talked about before, having it with friends and so forth, but try it neat in a glass. The first thing you do is look at that glass. And what you're looking for is color, clarity. Uh, You swirl it around the glass like you would with a glass of wine. You'll actually see the the tears coming down on the side of the glass or the legs, as we call it. And that is going to tell you... Yeah, the legs will tell you a lot. It'll tell you information about how high of an ABV it has. It can even tell you about how much time it's spent in oak because of the wow. the speed, the size, uh, the quantity of these legs that are coming down. So the second mm-hmm. thing you do then is nose it, right? Okay. In nosing the whiskey, I usually Wait, start... Wait, can we I, back up for one yeah, second? Sure. So if, if, if your spirit is... Mm-hmm hanging on the glass a little bit when you're swirling her around like we're talking about legs what does it mean if it's running down the glass or what does it mean if it's sticking to the glass more yeah so observing the legs and the slowness um as as they're falling will enable you to assess the alcohol content basically and in the legs are the result of actually the difference between the surface tension of alcohol and a surface tension of water because every whiskey is going to have some water mm. in it, uh, either uh, by the distiller or by you adding it. And it's part of the process, right? So when you swirl the glass, you yeah. create what's called the, the Marangoni effect. And it separates the alcohol and the water. And then as the surface tension is lower in, in alcohol than it is water, the higher the alcohol content of the whiskey, the more legs there will be and the slower they will form and fall. All right. Also, the more fatty acids that the whiskey contains, the thicker these legs will be. So fatty acid would be um, how long has it spent in oak, right? So that gives you an idea of how much time it actually spent in wood. Got it. Cool. Thank you for that. That will be a part of the show where people may have to uh, replay two or three times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or not. I mean, you know, or take not. it for what it is. <laughs> but I was like, I'm super inquisitive. So when people say, yeah. oh, this or that, and I'm like, oh, okay, I might, I know what that means, but maybe people don't. Or I'll be like, wait, what do you do mean by that? So mm-hmm. I'm always going to be the person who's going to ask the stupid question that's there's no such thing <laughs> as stupid questions. So I'm, I'm doing that for everyone. I'm going to lay on that grenade. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so what about the nose? Okay, so you're going to move on to nose. Tell me yeah. about nosing and nose. So nosing, um, again, in the right type of glass, whether it's a Scotch whiskey glass or the barbering glass, essentially you want to tip the glass, and that allows you to actually smell the top of the opening, the middle, Mm -hmm. and the bottom. And you do that because as the aromas come off of the spirit, they will separate into lighter notes like grasses and citrus, um, medium notes like some of the more oils, uh, some of the, if it spent time in a, in a wine cask, you might get some of those wine notes. And then down at the bottom, we call those the base notes. And that would get your earthiness, your your heavy oak and earthiness, you know, the, the terroir of where the product came from. 
And so awesome. official whiskey tasters and people who are doing um, actually judging whiskeys sometimes can find up to seven or eight different levels in a glass of aroma. I find three wow. mainly, uh, but I think that's about all right. you need this to know. Like me, like, maybe two, maybe three. <laughs> and, and do and yourself so, like, a favor. You, don't have to... you know, and don't shove your nose in the glass and take a big whiff because if it's a high <laughs> alcohol content, you're going to burn your olfactory really fast. Oh, no. I thought it'll just be horrifying. And so, like, here's the thing. So, if you can just kind of get that close, like, close to your nose and do the thing, if, even if you can pick up one or two, yes, you know what? You're doing something right. That's cool. You are. And, and then just a, just a, another tip there is as you're going to be like the mom it, and be like, way to go, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get a whiskey aroma. Excellent. Um, open your <laughs> open your mouth while you're sniffing, too, because I don't know if you ever tried this. before. Ah. But if you open your mouth while you're sniffing something, you actually get more aroma. Awesome. I think right. maybe inadvertently, that's not something that I would have like actually, you know, consciously done yeah i'm sure just by way of how i am <laughs> and so, so what about i have to finish? force myself to do it so then you get the palate right that's okay. on the palate so let's say the whiskey was an eight-year-old whiskey it spent eight years in a, a cask rule of thumb is mm -hmm. when you take a sip of the whiskey you want to keep it on your palate one second for every year yeah. it was in the cask all right Wow. Um, okay. And swish it around. Make noise. You know, look like a fool. Whatever you got to do to get that <laughs> to to get all around your mouth because there are so many different uh, taste buds on your tongue, on, on the roof of your mouth, the back of the, the mouth, the back of the down the throat. You want to coat as much as you can. Each of those taste buds will actually get different notes. All right. And Which then, is super interesting because, like, I, I mean, this sounds so dumb, but, like, if you've ever – ate food or drank something i mean i don't i think the only time i could ever say the reasoning i'm saying this is because like once i had a uh like a sore tooth or whatever and mm -hmm. i was eating everything on one side it makes a difference if you have it on one side versus the other or your whole mm -hmm. mouth because you're i don't know if people know like your tongue is set up that there's like different i don't know areas that there you taste different and sense different things 100 percent Exactly yeah. right. And so when you're swishing, and I know people do this with wine, you have to do it with whiskey too. Swish it, incorporate air into it. Mm -hmm. You really want to get your whole mouth yeah. coated and then swallow. And at this point, then we start what's called the finish. All right. The finish okay. is going to be how long do those flavors linger in your mouth, in your throat, just on your mind after you take that that sip there are some whiskeys that 15 seconds later it's done i've got i need to refresh with another sip there are some whiskeys <laughs> i've had before they're so oily and so meaty that it's like minutes later i'm still tasting it it's like right i mean talk about value for your money right i mean you, you really get good value <laughs> out of some of these whiskeys and so you know nice. the, the, the whole concept of of drinking good whiskey is not necessarily to to get drunk it's to uh Enjoy right. it and then enjoy it with friends. If you happen to feel happy while you're doing it, that's just a wonderful side effect. Bonus. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's how I feel too. It's like a, it's an experience. It is. And I don't drink to get drunk either. With the, When we're talking about this kind of stuff, it's an experience. It's like this magical thing. Yeah. And I don't know 
if people haven't thought of these things now that they are, it should make a difference mm-hmm. in how this is approached. I'm well, and think about how people. think about how you go to a restaurant and you had something you you have something you've never had before and you remember it. You remember it for years because of that experience. You remember flavor. Mm-hmm. The mind remembers flavors for a very, very long time. Usually you can't remember the exact flavor, but you remember the experience of having that flavor. Your mind will right. allow you to go back to that. And so whiskey is the exact same way. And so and actually the, the newest uh, altered state of whiskey that we started delving into is doing food pairings with whiskey. And we Ooh. found that mixing, uh, we worked with um, a company called Indulgence Chocolatier to have them make us custom truffles to match the flavor profiles of the whiskeys that we're tasting. That is an amazing experience. Talk about just an absolute explosion in the mouth. It's just fantastic. Well, you just sold me. (laughs) (laughs) Write that down. My experience coming up on the event. Put it down. Mark it down. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's fabulous. That's so cool. And I did that for a, I, for a group of 35 interior designers, actually, a few years ago. Uh, one, one of the manufacturers, I think it was Crossville Tile, was launching a new tile line. And they invited 35 uh, interior designers to come down and, and learn about the, the product line. And I was the entertainment afterwards. And so what I did was I did a whiskey tasting and chocolate pairing. And it wow. was perfect because many of these attendees never had whiskey before they were afraid of it uh but then when you paired it with something like chocolate it, it just completely brought it to life and and then they found out afterwards i guess we don't really need even need the chocolate just the whiskey itself is pretty darn good <laughs> <laughs> that's a win definitely it it's totally a win three points for gryffindor <laughs> <laughs> So how to, how not to, and the answer is there's no way to do it wrong. You just have to do it. And maybe some of the things that we talked about, even if you remember only a few, that's all that matters, right? So you Mm got to start somewhere. You're not going to be a professional right away or at all. Oh gosh. You don't have to be. No, you don't have to be to enjoy it. (laughs) You know, most of my friends who enjoy whiskey, they just enjoy whiskey. They don't. They look at me like a like I have three heads, you know. I I come up with all these facts and figures, and I was at an event, uh, industry event, just last week, after work event, and it had nothing to do with whiskey, but within twenty minutes, it had everything to do with whiskey. I, I probably had a group of fifteen or twenty people surrounding me at a table, and they're asking me all these questions about whiskey. I thought this is like the international love language. This is fantastic. I mean, it doesn't matter oh where I am. I start getting peppered with these questions, but I love it because people are so excited to learn more. And you don't have to have this head full of useless knowledge that I have just to enjoy what you love to enjoy. <laughs> right. If it's a good thing, it's a good thing. And that's all, all that right. matters. I'm so lucky because I have several friends who enjoy these things like I do and are not afraid to try new things and which is awesome and and that's exactly how we do it too usually just a couple of us will gather together because not everybody like you said people are afraid to try it or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh, so we'll gather together and partake in different things and sometimes we'll go to different places to try things which is great 
And I feel really fortunate. And I would encourage people to find your people. I mean, there's mm-hmm. groups of people on the internet and, yeah. you know, you don't have to do it in person necessarily either with other people. Maybe it's on your check sheet for the week. Mm-hmm. If you're in a group, right. a Facebook group or something like that, mm-hmm. that's not well, nothing even, wrong with that. Either, even if right? you, if you uh, belong to some type of a community association, uh, I belong to an organization called the St. Andrews society of Milwaukee. Uh, and we have, you know, meetings once a month, but then four times a year we do whiskey tasting events. And it's just so much fun. Cool. At that those events we have a hundred people in a room. And we're just sitting around drinking nice. whiskey, talking whiskey, learning so much about it. Again, I never go to one of these events and not learn something myself. Uh, find out if you're a member of a of a local uh, women's group group, or you're a member of a mm-hmm. uh, a social group at your health club that that you want to get together once a month and maybe do a, a whiskey event. Definitely work sure. that out. And I mean, it's it's a lot of fun to do this with people because I think then you don't feel as um, as intimidated when you're with right. a group of that's people a, who that's the word. maybe in the same you know classification as as far as um, they're all about the same level in their whiskey uh, journey. You don't feel intimidated sure. by going into a place and asking for something and then absolutely hating it because it's just nothing <laughs> like you thought it would be, right? And so. Um, and then you have to, you know, suck it up and, you know, be all, you know, I'm, right. I, I, I know what I'm doing. I love this stuff. I drink it all the time, even though you see it and hate it. So, yeah, it's it's more, more fun to do it with people, for sure. I agree. That's awesome. So I feel like we've covered a lot. I mean, everything I wanted to cover for sure. And okay. um, I feel like... I'm definitely going to do an event I, with you, which is great. I would love mm-hmm. people and encourage people. I'm going to uh, invite people to go into the forums mm-hmm. that we have at Patriot Sports on our website. And I will open up a discussion there where people can chat about these things and your experiences to share those. That would be great, everyone. Where do the boys and girls find you if they wanted to in any way, <laughs> shape, or form? Or are we are we going to be secretive about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, they can find me at. Or where uh, can Ju- they go to find out yeah. more? Yeah, I, so I do have a website, albeit rudimentary, but at least it talks about my events. It's called justaweedram.com. And from there, you can reach out to me via email um, and uh, find out about these tasting events and whatnot. I will definitely be um, open to answering questions in the chat. Um, and so if you are listening and, and maybe something I said just, you know, didn't come across correctly or need some clarification, please feel free to reach out. Also, my my um, email address is um, uh, M-O-R-T-L-A-C-H-L-V-R at gmail.com. Happens to be the word Mortlock, lover, uh, it, because right. my first love of whiskey. So uh, it's, it should be easy to remember. Uh, but I, I'd love to help. You know, I just um, uh, I, I do this because I'd love to see the reactions and, and uh, um, people's responses to learning something about this. I think that's amazing and so special. It really, really is to me. Like I said, it's an awesome experience. The whole journey of getting to know these kinds of spirits is really special. Mm-hmm. And to get the inside scoop on that is, I feel really, really, I don't know, lucky to know you. Um, well, thank you. Lucky, lucky. I feel lucky. Well, blessed blessed maybe it's it's it's, the the feeling is mutual 
yay! <laughs> Huzzah! That's a fabulous. So I'm definitely going to schedule an event. Um, anybody who's interested, you have to let me know in the forum. I'll add you to a list, and I'll probably select a person, which I will let in at will. Uh, the rest of the uh, personage there will be private people who have already claimed their spots. So <laughs> this episode of the fan bus is officially closed. We're going to pull this bus into the station. Uh, the fan bus is not a good bus unless it's a full bus. So tell your friends, tell your family, and tune in for the next episode. We'll see you later. Sadly, it's true that all kick-ass adventures must eventually come to a close. But rest assured, this will not be our last. Thank you, friends, for riding the fan bus. Now gather your belongings, throw out your trash, and promptly make your exit. And wait patiently for our next fan bus adventure. The fan bus is part of the Patriot Sports Radio family. Join our community where you can find more of what's kick-ass by visiting us at PatriotSportsNow.com. Until next time, everyone, keep it on the road. <laughs>